Hey there, beautiful soul fam. Welcome to today's powerful episode. For those new to Ceremony Circle podcast, I am your host, shaman, and author of the best-selling book, Animal Power, Allison Charles. And today's guest is Liz Roberta, super lovely and pure divine channel. She is a Hay House author and award-winning spiritual coach who is named the Merging Voice of 2020 by Kindred Spirit Magazine, one of the five most influential female coaches of 2021, and one of the 50 under 50 for 2022 by the New York City Journal. Her spiritual success podcast is one of the top 5% podcasts worldwide, and her book, Living in Tune, is one of the industry-leading books on intuition. And I love that book so much, that's what I wanted to cover and dive on into today. Her book, Living in Tune, 21 Questions to Activate Your Intuition and Find Your Life Purpose, is some of the wisdom that we're going to be sharing with you all. And being in alignment with my intuition has been perhaps the greatest gift that's given me strength when I need to hold the line for what I know needs to happen in my life, whether that pertains to projects, relationships, books, whatever it is, it's been so vital to my path. I wanted to unlock even more of these ways and wisdoms today for you all. Now, some of what we dive into, I would like for you to get a journal and pen and get ready to expand and align into what your soul really wants for you in this lifetime as we explore some super potent journal prompts from Liz's book. We also talk about key ways to know what your intuition is trying to tell you and what your main earth mission is this lifetime. And we dive into all the clairs, the clair gifts, clairsentience, clairvoyance, etc. What do they mean? Which of your clair gifts are active and ways to best honor and tend to them? And we cover so much more, but I just want to get to it and also let you know we close today's ceremony with an incredible reclaiming your power through your solar plexus practice and it personally cleared major energy for me so I hope it will serve you and your pathway forward in a big big way so get ready fam because once you get in tune you can really set the world on fire in the divine ways you were sent here to so let's get to it with author and spiritual coach Liz Roberta All right, here she is, Liz Roberta. Thank you for coming on Ceremony Circle Beauty. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this. I know, it was so nice. You had me on your podcast many months ago, but you allowed me to share about animal power and then you let me know that your book was gonna be coming out soon too. It's called Living in Tune. And I knew as soon as I got to understand like the theme and the subject matter, I was like, oh, we definitely have to have you on Ceremony Circle because when I really think about top thing or top three most important things that we as humans can do while we're incarnated on earth, connecting with yourself, connecting with your heart, connecting with the ancient wisdom within and becoming really innately intimate with one's own being. I mean, I can't think of much else that's more important than that. And the title of your book is Living in Tune, 21 Questions to Activate Your Intuition and Find Your Life Purpose. And I'm like, wow, uh, that's big. So I'd love to just start 
I'm always curious with authors and spiritual teachers, those of us that blend those two worlds of all the possible things in the world of spirituality that we can teach about. How did you land specifically on intuition? That's such a great question because it was actually a very fateful thing that happened. So as you know, it takes a very long time to actually get a publishing deal. So I was trying to get a book deal for years. And very early on, I became set on Hay House. I had a moment with a Hay House book, like angels jumped off the page and were singing in my face. And I just had this absolute knowing that I was going to be published with Hay House, like something took over my hands. And I was flicking through a Wayne Dyer book and then I paused on a back page where it said, join the Hay House family. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will have had that moment where something just takes over your body. And I remember thinking, I'm not doing this. And it just took over my hands. So from then on, I knew I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be published with Hay House. And then a few years later, when I did get my contract, the first line was welcome to the Hay House family. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. So that was right. Well done for trusting my intuition and following my knowing. I didn't waste any time applying to anyone else after that moment. However, it did take a few different book concepts, a few different proposals, and they just kept knocking it back and being like, no, no, it wasn't niche enough. It was already something they had published. I was quite broad looking back on it, you know, about manifestation. And I, I hadn't really found what was going to click for mm -hmm. them. It clicked for me at the time, but they were like, no, no, no. And what I've realized since is actually they were really guiding me towards the book I was meant to create. Like, I'm so glad I didn't do the other books that I pitched because this really was the one that was meant to be made. So after a few rejections, I actually got a bit strategic because I have a business background. So I was looking on their website and I was like, right, what gap do they have? What is the gap in their current suite of books? I was like, what don't they have? Because they keep telling me they already have books about what I'm trying to write. So I was looking in their books and I realized, okay, they don't actually have a framework for how to find your life purpose. So that was the proposal I pitched. But in my heart, what I really wanted to write about was intuition. But I pitched this proposal about finding your life purpose. And then there was some kind of toing and throwing with the commissioning editor trying to get the proposal in a place where they were going to give me a deal. And one day she called me up and said, we've had a meeting and actually we'd love you to write about intuition. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, that's the book I wanted to write. So what we ended up doing was blending the two things. And it's a book about intuition and finding your life purpose, because what happens when you follow your intuition is you get into alignment and then you feel a very strong sense of purpose because you're totally in tune with the life that you're meant to be living. And that's how Living in Tune was born. It's so good. And I love that. Dr. Wayne Dyer somehow wove himself into your path. I've had my own experience. A couple of his daughters have written a book called The Knowing. Perhaps you're familiar with it. And Serena Dyer has been on Ceremony Circle. And while I was preparing for my interview with her, uh, I was sitting outside on our balcony one day and I had this whole wild trippy, for those who aren't familiar with Dr. Wayne Dyer and his work. He has transitioned to the other realms a number of years ago. So he's not on the earth plane, but he came in, he presented to me and my preparation for my time with Serena. And I had this whole really reverent, magical moment with him where he kind of joked, but at the same time was serious that he would be like my 
book writing mentor for my next book from the other side. And I was like, uh, okay, that's an easy yes. And so I was just excited to tell Serena about my connection with him. And he presented as a bird. And there were all these trippy things that she was just like, he presents as a bird to me and my mom and this whole thing. And I've since learned that there are other spiritual teachers slash authors like Gabby Bernstein, where he has also entered in and played this role with us. So I just think it's so cool and just wanted to take a moment to honor him and thank him for how he's just so present for us and shows up for us to be a guide in these different ways. So it's so cool that he was that for you. Absolutely. And I had the same with Louise Hay, like she came to me in a dream years before I was published. And again, that's, that was confirmation for me that I was going to end up with Hay House, but he was so powerful. I mean, I don't know if it's still true today, but I know that he has for a long time, definitely been Hay House's biggest author with the biggest advances. He's done so many books. He was writing for decades and he's impacted millions and millions of lives. I mean, he's really what we can all aspire to as spiritual authors. Definitely. Yeah, I forget the exact numbers. And it wasn't until after my interview with Serena that then I took more time to, of course, I knew who who Wayne was, but I just wanted to learn more specifics about his writing journey. And yeah, like one of his books, I forget, it sold something like 200 million copies or something crazy like that. You know, I can't remember the exact number, but I was like, oh, whoa, it's a good thing I said yes to him being a guy because he's the man. So yeah, yeah, it's so cool, all of the mystical weaving. So when it comes to your beautiful book, I really specifically with your title, Living in Tune. I mean, that's just, it's a specific essence and a specific way of, of describing what it is you're teaching. So why did you call it Living in Tune or what does Living in Tune mean for you? Again, really funny question to be talking about now because the title was actually a massive point of contention. It was something we spent months talking about. It's something I couldn't figure out for myself for months. So it's like the biggest compliment to me when people say they love the title and I've had people say they've seen it in a bookstore. And first of all, they were attracted to the cover design because it's this beautiful, sparkly resin art cover design. And then they're like, oh, and then the title, like the title sealed the deal for me. I'm so like in love with the title. And I'm like, thank God, because I had to work so hard to figure out that title and essentially what happened was after many meetings with the marketing team we really had to strip it down to basics and again everything I was coming up with I'd go in with like two sides of A4 paper all these titles and I was like come on like it's just not happening it just wasn't wasn't clicking for either of us I mean I wasn't totally behind any of them either otherwise I would have fought for them and then eventually I was like at my wits end and I was like, what is this title going to be? And I was manifesting it. I looked back in my old journal and one of the things I was manifesting was trying to get the perfect title. And then eventually I just had to be like, right, in one sentence, what is the book about? What is the book about? In its most basic terms, what is the book about? And I was like, it's about living in tune. Mm -hmm. And then that's how the title was born. And like you say, it really is an essence. It's a vibe. And now it really sticks out to me. And actually people mention being in tune a lot or tuning in mm -hmm. when they're talking about intuition. So it just fits so perfectly with a book about intuition. And then again, there was a the practical side, like I was Googling it. Then the second title was going to be Go Your Own Way. That was like plan B. Googled it. It's a Fleetwood Mac song. 
So you also have to think about that side of things. Like, is it going to show up on Google search results or are you going to be page 10 because you're competing with Fleetwood Mac? No one else had anything to do with living in tune, really. So that was another kind of practical reason we went with it. But it just perfectly summarizes the whole essence of the book. And in in the intro chapter, I talk about being in tune and out of tune. And for so much of my life, I was out of tune. And I think so many people are out of tune without realizing. And essentially that's being out of alignment. And that's kind of what the book is about, getting you from out of tune to in tune. Yes. Okay. So much coming in with that. Uh, Small little note. Yeah. When I think about I mean, the examples are infinite, but let's just say when someone's asking me a question, a friend, and they're wanting my honest advice, like, yeah, I'll say, I'll say, let me feel into that or let me tune in for a moment, you know, and I'll do my, the way that I access into um, the other realms or open up my seer gift to be shown the vision of what is wanting to come through. So I definitely relate to that. And then, yeah. That was the next place that I was going to go with you, this out of tune, in tune dynamic, which I know both ends of the spectrum intimately well. For those who have listened to a lot of the Ceremony Circle interviews, you know a good bit about me, I hope, at this point. If not, I need to start talking a lot more about my own journey. But yeah, before my awakening, oh my Lord, like... Ooh, so much suffering, so much anguish, so much emotional turmoil, so much like toxicity, so many dysfunctional relationships across the board, especially with my ex-fiance, who was the instrument for my awakening, but like also in the workplace as well. <clears throat> and when I look back, I mean, there was just for so many years, so many strong signs that spirit, my guides were trying to send to me, like, you're off track, you're out of tune, like, everywhere you're tracking in life, everywhere you're going in life, there's this air of dysfunction that's with it. And so, yeah, before we get into some practical steps that people can take to get more in tune. And I also wrote down, I was obsessed with a lot of the journaling prompts that you have in your book. And so Actually, let me take a moment now to let our listeners know if you don't already have a journal or a piece of paper and a pen with you, maybe take a second to pause because I would love to go through some of those journaling prompts because I think they're so powerful that are within Liz's book. But before we get to the tips on what to do, what do you think happens when people are constantly outsourcing, outsourcing advice, tips, suggestions, constantly going outside of themselves, going externally from themselves to try to determine what is best for them. And a perfect example, it's a small one, but the other day in an Instagram post that I put this elder that I'm going to have on ceremony circle, she put in the comments, I want to work with him, but I feel skeptical. Has anybody else worked with him? And I just kindly replied back rather than outsource, listen to our interview together or attend one of his live events and go deeply into your own knowing, you know, instead of asking a bunch of other people what their experience might have been like, you need to first learn how to cultivate that trust and navigation with yourself. So what happens when people are constantly going outside of themselves? Absolutely. You make such a great 
point there. And that's actually why the exercise I'm going to do at the end is going to be a solar plexus balancing exercise to get everyone in their power. And the mm. first exercise uh, in Living Attuned is about power. The first chapter is called power. So I actually think the biggest thing that happens when we outsource advice, our wisdom, needing everyone else to tell us the answers and tell us what to do next is disempowerment, first of all. And I think it gets worse and worse. I think when we're out of alignment at first, you're just like, la, 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 in your own world, you don't really realize. But what happens over time as you erode your own sovereignty and your own power is eventually you can become ill. So when I did it, when I was out of tune, I ended up getting an anxiety disorder, gently kind of falling into depression as well. I had terrible headaches, like crippling headaches every single day. And it's the classic story I've heard so many times of spiritual conversations like this. And I've had people on my podcast and they all say, that I ended up getting physically ill, went to a doctor and they were like, there's nothing wrong, which is exactly what happened with me. Did all the tests, the blood tests, wore a heart monitor for a day and they were like, there's nothing wrong. What it was was an energetic issue, an alignment issue. There was nothing physically wrong with me at all, but it's because I was just completely lost. I was unsatisfied. I was unfulfilled. I'd done what everyone said. Like I'd gone to university. I studied economics. I got on a grad scheme at an investment bank, tick, tick, tick. And I was miserable. I was desperately unhappy happy but I felt guilty about it because I was like I've done all the right things like who am I to feel bad about my life like I understand what situations other people are in in other parts of the world how on earth can I feel so bad about being in this position a very privileged position but we really have to try and get over that and I talk about this in the book because we have to recognize our own privilege but you can't let that keep you stuck in situations which aren't right for you. Mm. Because if you stay stuck in that place, you'll end up making yourself ill. So that's something I want to bring up because we're all so privileged and fortunate in this Western world, but you still have to make decisions that are right for you, not the decisions that your partner wants, your parents want, or the things that you think in your head you want, because often our brain is coming from a place of scarcity, fear. We desperately want to be secure. I grew up with very little security. My parents broke up. My dad went bankrupt. Like we were in poverty when I was living alone with my father. Like what that means in England is obviously very different to other parts of the world, but there was no food in the cupboards. We, the boiler was broken for months. We had no hot water, things like that. Rats running around in the house. So I desperately wanted security. And that's why I followed that career path, because basically my route was completely out of whack. And I just wanted to have money. I wanted to have security. And I was operating from my mind and scarcity. And at no point was I ever taught to tune into my body. No one ever told me about intuition. No one taught me about alignment. And of course, when we were growing up, I mean, the internet wasn't really a thing then. Social media wasn't a thing. Instagram wasn't a thing. And I think it's so magical that we have these tools today and that teenagers can access our Instagram pages and your podcast. And they have all of these resources available. And I really think that the world is changing and that people are waking up to this and realizing that they need to access their intuition and live in tune because so yes. many people are in the western world have all of the cozy things and a nice apartment in london the good job and yet they're desperately unhappy Miserable. and they can't understand why yeah exactly it's flashing me to a phrase that i coined a number of years ago it came in it was one of those downloads i'm like oh my god this is brilliant so i made sure to get the domain right away and all this stuff but the phrase is called winning but lost and it means exactly what you were just talking about that. Yeah, you know, and, and that was how my life was functioning before I got into and before I had my awakening, I was winning seemingly from the outside perspective, 
all these accolades, all these quote unquote, great jobs, right? Radio host, TV host, all these things. But yeah, I, I still wasn't fully in alignment. I wasn't living in service to great spirit. I wasn't living in full honoring of my earth mission and what my soul wanted for me. So being askew, even though things on paper or from the outside might've looked incredible. Yeah. So I was winning in some senses, but lost on the inside because I was out of being in tune. So I think you share in your book, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's a Lady Gaga story in there. And I love this quote. I put it in my notes, the place where doubt doesn't exist. And I feel like that's a good example of like going to the other side of the spectrum. So can you share a little bit about that story? Yeah, absolutely. I put a few of my icons in there, people I really admire. And there's a quote at the beginning of every chapter, uh, just to kind of add to the energy of the book, because I think their words are so powerful. And Lady Gaga is one of the people that I really look up to. I think she is fierce, fiery. I mean, she's a tiny little woman. She's only five foot two and she has such fire and passion. But she was bullied at school. And essentially what happened is it's kind of like tall poppy syndrome. She really stood out. She was different. She ended up getting bullied and she just fought her way through it. And now she's one of the most successful female musicians of all time. But what she said and what the story was about was how she obviously does a few different things now. She does acting, singing, she dances on stage. She's a performer. But the thing she's most confident in is her singing. And I've watched interviews with her where she said that, you know, I do acting, I do all these different things and I love these different things, but I get nervous. I'm human. I still doubt myself. The thing that I don't doubt myself in is singing. Mm -hmm. I know without a shadow of a doubt, I am an incredible singer. And I know for me, when I hear her singing, it really feels like the divine's coming through her. And that's why it resonates with so many people. But that feeling I understood because that's what I feel like when I'm writing, specifically book writing. I'm so certain of my ability in it. And I don't care if no one agrees. Mm. I will go to the ends of the earth to make everyone read this book because I know it's important. Whereas, for example, when I worked in finance and I had to give a presentation, I would be shaking. I'd be nervous. I didn't want to do it. I would doubt myself so much because it wasn't really what I was meant to be doing. Whereas when you find what you're 100% behind, what you 100% believe in, what you 100% trust as the truth of your purpose, that is the feeling of not having doubt. So I discovered that on my own journey, that own feeling. And then when I watched her say it, I was like, this has to go in the book. Mm. Yeah, it was a good one. I, I also love that story. So, all right. I'm sure folks sitting with us are chomping at the bit. They're like, okay, I'm sensing that I might be a bit out of tune guide me liz how do i get more in tune and then the subtitle is 21 questions to activate your intuition and find your life purpose so obviously there are a lot of things you can dive into if you just get the book but what do you feel called to share today you know what are a couple of those first steps if while they're listening to us talking and they're being honest with themselves and they're just like huh this is resonating i feel like i'm still a bit off track what is the next thing they can do to get more on track yeah so as you said there is a ton of questions in the book each chapter there's 21 
chapters, 21 questions. At the end of each chapter, there's also three more. So it ends up being 84 journaling questions. And in one of the Amazon reviews, someone said like, oh, some of the questions are a bit repetitive. And I'm like, have you tried writing 84 different journaling prompts? So I've written 84 journaling prompts to help people with this exact question. And there's also 21 exercises. And I think in terms of where to start, one of the exercises is about spending time alone. And I think that's when I mm. really got in tune. I mm. was very fortunate in that my husband started working as an expat. So he started working away for nine weeks at a time. And then he'd have three weeks off, which obviously a lot of people would really struggle with. But for me, that was when I realized the importance of spending time on your own, which could be so hard in modern life when you have children, when you have a partner, when you have a house, you go to a job. And I I think that's why a lot of people are out of tune and don't realize it for a while because they never have any time to themselves to stop and to think. So the first thing I would say is try and get that time on your own. Go for walks in nature. If you have a dog, walk the dog on your own so you have that time with yourself. Driving in the car, don't put the radio on. Instead, just be with your own thoughts because what can happen is that we're actually avoiding being with ourselves because we don't want to face the truth of the fact that we're out of tune and we know we are. But if, if I had did, my rattle, I would be rattling right now. <laughs> <laughs> the drum is behind me, so I'll pretend that I'm hitting that drum. Okay, yes, spot on. Yes, so we don't want to face it because then we'd have to dismantle our entire existence. So sometimes we prefer to just ignore it and put our head in the sand. Basically. And then that's when the suffering just grows and grows and grows. And so it's like you think that you're doing yourself or your ego thinks you're doing yourself a service by putting the blinders on and keeping it loud and noisy so you can't really face, but you're actually only growing the, the anguish and the suffering until, you know, oftentimes, and it doesn't have to be this way. It was this way for me, but it doesn't have to be to where the suffering grows so much that it requires, you know, like a divine intervention or some big cataclysmic moment. It doesn't have to reach that place if we would do this, what seems like such a simple first step, but it's really a very potent and profound one of just, yes, being in quiet. And it's one of the themes, um, my husband and I just sat in a beautiful many day long ceremony with grandmother medicine recently. And I feel very confident he would be completely fine with me sharing this piece that I'm about to share. Otherwise I wouldn't, but yeah, one of the big things that came in for him was letting himself sit and silence more. My husband's incredibly wise and definitely a mystical man and so gifted, but we always have things to refine even more or expand into even more. And this was one for him. And so in the days since we've gotten home from that ceremony in the mornings, rather than doing the typical other style of meditation he was doing, he's now just sitting in our backyard and just silence and just sitting with the trees moving and sitting with the birds making their songs and he's allowing in our home rather than putting music on i prefer silence and oftentimes he'll find me sitting in a room he's like what are you doing i'm like i'm just sitting here like i like being by myself i like sitting in silence because it's not really silence there's so many messages coming in from divine and all of that and i can hear my heart more clearly but anyways he's opening up more into the exact first step point that you're talking about and i think it is a massively important one so i'm so glad you started there and i'd love to just stay in flow like what is another one that's coming to you and then we can get into some of the journaling prompts and and let the listeners do some of that but yeah what's another juicy one that can help activate being in tune 
Absolutely. So the next one is taking your power back. And this is a huge one for women, especially because women have been conditioned to be much more amiable. So when you start to notice all the times you're like, oh, no, you go first or the times we just nod along or agree or cover up our true emotions or feelings or don't say what we really want to say, they're all times we're giving our power away and we're not truly expressing ourselves. So an example of this is I went on a a whale watching trip with my friend Rita, who also does this line of work. She does Akashic Records work and we'd been talking about it. And then as we went to get on the boat, we were kind of merging, like there wasn't a straight queue to get onto the boat. And we were kind of neck and neck with this other couple and we were the first ones on. And because we'd just been talking about it, like usually I would have been like, no, you guys go on. Like it was fair game for either of us. We were like, no, we've just been talking about this. So we went on first and we got the first two seats at the front of the boat, seeing all these incredible, we saw humpback whales and we saw this massive pod of dolphins. And I was like, this is what happens when you start to take your power back. And it's so freaking uncomfortable. But as we were talking about before, when we're not in our power, that's when we're so happy to just let like life lead the way, others lead the way. And actually we're not being in tune because we're not directing ourselves forward. So I think really noticing, okay, where am I not saying what I really want to do? Where am I not pushing back? Where am I just letting other people dictate the agenda? And that will also help you to get in tune. And again, it could be really illuminating because then you'll be like, oh, my whole life is just what other people want me to do. And I'm not actually doing anything for me. So it's taking back the power and really understanding that you have to guide your own life forwards with the help of the universe, obviously, but in terms of the physical world and other people, mm. we have to guide our own path forward and you know like I said with the book like there were times when we were going to and fro and to and fro and I'm sure it was the same with you and if I'd have just let other people decide what the title was going to be what the cover was going to be it wouldn't have worked you really have to be in your power to be in tune Yes. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, one of the biggest takeaways I had from my book journey. Oof, I feel it even as I'm about to say it, it's a very, I mean, it's, it's very close to home and like directly deeply in the center of my heart. I realized my mastery and being able to hold the line, because I am so in tune at this point, thank God goddess and thank my own soul for putting in the work to get so in tune. But because I trust myself so deeply and because I trust my center point of alignment into great spirit and great mother earth so profoundly and so deeply and so fully, I know I'm so clear and I'm so in tune. And from that place, I have gained mastery of holding the line. And yes, it brought many points of contention and and many friction creating points into the experience but there's this sense there's this particular texture and feeling when i know what something must be in order for this medicine book to be of service in the way that i'm being instructed for it to be and so i was able of course it was a beautiful dance and a collaboration and and a lot of senses but for some of those most important pieces it was i was just like it it must be this and and there's no other way and thankfully those times where i was that adamant it was respected but yeah it's a game changer because when you can learn how to hold that clarity and confidence with your attunement, it allows what's trying to be born into the earth to be exactly 
what it needs to be of highest, greatest service. But if I were giving my power away for whatever reason, like, oh, they might not like me or might not want to do a book with me again because I'm so strong in this. If I had let my inner knowing get overridden, if that's the right word, um, overridden by, you know, whoever else on the team creating the book, the book wouldn't have ended up being what it was supposed to be. So anyways, like I know that was a, a long share, but it's something that I am really passionate about and it has been a game changer for my own life. Hey fam, I hope you're enjoying today's lovely Ceremony Circle podcast voyage. This is just a quick note to remind you that Animal Power Book, my first book, is officially out in the world right now. It has been released. And even before it was released, it was being rated as the top new release on Amazon in both the shamanism and angel and spirit guide categories. I'm so thankful to all of you who have already purchased the book. But for those of you who haven't, Animal Power 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul is now available anywhere books are sold. You can go to your independent bookstores, you can go to Target, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you please, and you can pick up a copy for yourself and your friends. Within the book, I share with you what power animals are, how to connect with power animals, why you want to, and there are 100 different power animals allies featured each has a full page of embodied vibrant colorful artwork done by the late William Santiago out of Brazil and then there are energy messages and power practices that are rituals and ceremonies you can do to deepen your relationship with the animal and there are also stories from other shamans and spiritual teachers from all around the world they talk about an animal that changed their life this is the project that I am most honored to co-create and to bring out into the world. It is powerful. This book is definitely a living, breathing medicine book. And I have been so enjoying all of your personal stories of what you've been experiencing with it since you have gotten it in your hands. So you can, again, go to anywhere books are sold or you can go to my website, alisoncharles.com backslash animal power. And when you order the book there, you also get a free video guided shamanic journey that I facilitate with my drum for you to meet your current power animal. All right, guys, back to the show. Okay, fam, I hope you have your pen and paper ready. And I, now I know that this is like out of order, Liz, with probably what the the chapters that you have in your book, but I just put a few of the prompts in that when I read them, I was like, oh, if somebody would just do these three simple prompts, it would like possibly change their life. And I also don't want to start to say some that are going to be a part of your ritual sharing at the close. So if any of these are, just be like, Boop, that's what I'm guiding at the end. But let's see, I have some of them here. Okay, so fam, get your pen and paper out and maybe take a breath and just connect into your heart and write number one down. And then the question is, so write this question and Liz, tell me if this is a part of your share, but question number one, what is your biggest, boldest desire? And if you need to pause this, I really want you to be with this, like really tune into your lower belly, really tune into your soul and your heart and allow 
your conscious awareness field, allow your energetic field to expand and just open up infinitely to allow some possibilities to answer this question that maybe you had been closed off to previously. Just open up your conscious awareness field, tune into your heart and your belly and soul and answer what is your biggest, boldest desire? And if you need to pause to fully answer that, go ahead and then come back. And then the second one that I would like for you to write down the second question, how are you limiting your vision of the future? I mean, this one, so many things could come in, right? Like distracting yourself, busying yourself, using excuses, being a victim. I mean, like there can be some game changing revelations that come into question number two. How are you limiting your vision of the future? And then the third question that I'll close this prompt prompting session with is if great was guaranteed, what would you choose? If great was guaranteed, what would you choose? So there's three. So again, like my recommendation would be for you to pause and like really take this present moment to access in and answer those and then come back. But yeah, these journaling prompts, they're very potent. What else? What is coming up for you that you just really want people to know anything, anything from your wisdom, treasure chest within or your book? So you talked earlier about knowing and about how the reason you could fight for things in your book was because you knew. And I so resonated with what you were saying then, because I was exactly the same. I was like, I know. And how did we both know that? Our claircognizance. So I talk about the different clair senses in the book. And actually my most popular blog of all time, one of the ones with the most reads is about the eight clair senses. And I actually just had a message yesterday from a young woman who was like, I'm so glad I found your blog. I didn't know what was happening to me, but now I understand. So when we say we have a gut feeling and knowing, that is probably claircognizance. When we get a ripple of goosebumps or, you know, some kind of physical sensation, that's clairsentience. When we see things, that's obviously clairvoyance. When we get confirmation through our ears, that's clairaudience. So for me, when I get confirmation, it's usually a bell, like a ding, mm. a really high-pitched frequency. And I think we all have these eight senses, but a lot of people don't have the vocabulary for them. Again, they've never been taught about them. They've definitely never been told to respect them or follow what they're telling you. So I think it's really important to become acquainted with the different ways that our intuition works. And I have a quiz on my website for this because we all have different blueprints in terms of how we access our intuition. We have all the senses, but I think we have some naturally more turned up than others. And a common misconception about psychics and psychic work, I think everyone who isn't in the spiritual world thinks that everyone who's a psychic is a clairvoyant. And that's just not true. A lot of psychics don't actually have much use of their clairvoyance yet. They actually rely on their clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance, and things like that. So I think it's so important to understand how your intuition works for you and to not judge the way that it does. So if you're hearing things, you're hearing funny voices, you're hearing that high frequency noise, or you just have a really strong knowing and it goes against what everyone else is telling you to do or what anyone else understands, like when you just know 
follow it. That is a psychic sense. Mm. And for me, I know clairsentience is really powerful. And with clairsentience comes a great sensitivity. So if you're someone who gets very overwhelmed when you're with a lot of people, if you feel drained quite easily, then you're probably quite clairsentient because you can just naturally tune into other people and other people's energy fields and what's going on around you. Mm. In which case, if you're very clairsentient, you need to be very careful of even things like music. A lot of music is very aggressive, has very aggressive lyrics, the news, things like that. We're taking all of these inputs in all the time. And I think when you start living in tune, things start to become really abrasive. Things that you once didn't notice or care about really start to become jarring. Mm -hmm. Like for me, this was things like going on the London tube, the underground, you're packed in with all these people and it just became too much. Like it's too overwhelming. Same with the news. I mean, I used to watch it for like half an hour in the morning. I'd go online at lunch, watch it in the evening. And now I'll quickly look on my phone. I'll swipe uh, left or right to look at Apple News, just the headlines. But that's about all I can take. I just want to know what's going on. As soon as I start reading about all the people that have been murdered and raped and all this, it just drags me down. So you really have to honor your sensitivity and adjust your lifestyle accordingly because otherwise you just get overwhelmed. And when you keep getting overwhelmed, then you go to the point of being completely out of tune because you're essentially putting a guard up without realizing because you're so overwhelmed that your body and your energy is like, nope, this is too much. And then when that happens, you essentially block off your intuition. Yeah. Such good points. Yeah. Every time you're sharing, I'm like taken to so many, uh, real life examples. I'm someone I literally, I mean, I try not to have my calendar to plan. I'm just at a place in my life now where I feel like I'm truly living just like second to second. And I'm finding it harder and harder with each passing day to like put things or have things on my calendar. Just my life is changing so much and so quickly and how I'm feeling. I'm just allowing my feelings to have just such freedom that I don't even know tomorrow if I'll feel up for tea with so-and-so at such and such place at two o'clock. I don't know. So anyways, but before it got to that place, I would specifically know if I was going to a gathering on Tuesday night to not really put anything on my calendar Wednesday and Thursday, because I would need that time to just recalibrate and settle and clear my energy field and recharge my battery. Because yes, when I'm at public gatherings and, and settings, yeah, sometimes even while I'm there, I'll go outside or I'll go to the room where there's nobody just to like breathe for a moment because I am so sensitive. So yeah, those are huge, huge tips. Goodness. Um, the last thing that I want to touch on before we get into your closing ceremony practice, I think I pulled this from your book and I put it in all capital letters. So it clearly needs to be read. And it says, you are the source of your own wisdom. You are the source of your own power. Is that from your book? <laughs> You're like, I don't know. It's all... <laughs> I can't remember. I was saying before we hit record how it's been so long since I wrote it because it's been out for 
five months. Yeah. But as you know, when you have a book, I mean, it goes to print way before that. So I can never remember. And this is an issue I have. People come up to me and be like, oh, I love this line. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I did a great job at writing that line. What page was it? And yeah, I didn't put a page number. Oftentimes, like I'll put, you know, where I found it. And I don't know if maybe when I was reading your book, if that came to me or if I pulled it. But either way, I think it wanted to be spoken. I'll say it again. You are the source of your own wisdom. You are the source of your own power. That feels good to me to say and to share out loud. So, all right. What do you have for the soul fam in your closing ceremony? So as I mentioned earlier, we're going to do a solar plexus balancing activation because your solar plexus is your center of power. It's your center of willpower as well. And we've talked about power and how it's so important to use your willpower in order to stay aligned because you could be super aligned on the inside and then other people will try and put their agendas on you, not meaning to, but that's just what happens. So you have to be balanced in your solar plexus. Otherwise, you're very quickly going to fall out of tune. Mm. So we're going to work on the solar plexus today and not just in this lifetime, but other lifetimes as well. I mean, we can be so overpowered, especially as women or in other lifetimes, all kinds of things could have happened in other lifetimes, especially wealth was a big thing. I mean, if you were poor, you had no power, you had no say, you had no education. So we carry so much karmic crap in all of our energy centers, but we're going to work on our solar plexus today. Great. So first of all, if you're sitting down, I would love you to put your feet flat on the ground because when we're working with our energy centers, it's really important that we are working with the entire energy body. So no works in isolation. We are part of an energetic system. So even though we're focusing on the solar plexus today, I would love you to just tune into the channel that runs up your spine. So whether you're sitting down or lying down, I would love you to make your back as straight as possible. And first of all, I want you to call in your spiritual support team. So whether that's your angels, your spirit guides, your power animals, your starseed family, whoever you work with most often, I would love you to bring them in now to protect you, to guide you through this journey. And as you call them in, you may feel goosebumps. You may feel the energy around you changing as you feel that support coming in. Okay, and then I would love it if you could bring down some energy from source. So whatever source means to you, we all have a different relationship with the divine, with God, with the universe, with source. But if you could invite that energy in now and bring it in through your crown, so the top of your head, and imagine it trickling down your spine like silver lava, just trickling down the back of your head, the back of your neck. And as it goes down to your solar plexus, your stomach in the center of your body, I want you to imagine that it starts filling up your solar plexus. So that silver lava, that light of the divine is filling up your stomach now. And while we allow that to happen, I also want you to connect with Mother Earth. 
So we're going to bring up the grounding, supportive energy of Mother Earth through the soles of your feet. In the soles of your feet, you actually have an energetic gateway that you can use to bring energy up. That's why it feels so good to walk on the grass or on the sand with bare feet. So bring that energy up now through your feet, through your ankles, through your legs, through your knees, through your hips. You may feel sensations as that happens or you may not, but allow that energy to come in and up your body through the bottom of your spine, up through your sacral and allow it to meet your solar plexus. And again, I want you to allow that energy to pour into your solar plexus and imagine the two energies combining. Because what happens is when the above meets the below, Mother Energy and sorry, Mother Earth and Father Sky, when they meet each other, they bring us into balance. So when we bring those two energies into our solar plexus, we start to understand what it feels like to truly be in balance, to work with the energies above and below. And now I'm going to ask you a question. As your body is coming into balance, as you're connected from above and below, as you have your spiritual support team here, I want to ask you, what are you most willing to fight for? Now, your answer may have been justice, it may have been love, it may have been truth. Whatever it was for you, the most important thing is to honor that first answer and not judge it. And now we're going to go a little bit quantum because as we know about time, it's not actually linear, it's not forwards and backwards, everything is happening simultaneously. So things that have happened in our other lifetimes can be just as painful for us today as they were in those other lifetimes. So now I want you to ask yourself, your spiritual support team, what needs to be cleared most in your solar plexus energy center? And again, just trust that first answer. It may have been shame. It may have been doubt. It may have been abandonment. It may have been fear. And you may also have felt some kind of physical sensation, a constriction, a tightening, like your stomach has dropped. This can happen when we have this karmic crap, as I call it, in your solar plexus. So now as we bring it back into balance, we're going to blast some of that energy with pure fifth dimensional light energy. So again, you may feel some physical sensations with this, but knowing your answer to the question that I've just asked, or even if it wasn't a word answer, even if it was just a feeling and emotion, I want you to imagine the most brilliant, bright, purifying light energy coming into your solar plexus now, blasting away any of that old low vibration energy that is keeping you from being in your full power in this lifetime, from being in full alignment in this lifetime. So imagine it is being shattered, it's being released. And as you do that, imagine that it is shooting off into the universe and it's being transmuted. 
So what happens when something is being transmuted is that it's actually being taken back to neutral because energy can never be destroyed, but it's being taken back into neutral so that it can be made into something else in the universe. So we're transmuting that energy now, taking it back to neutral because you no longer need to hold on to it. If it's not serving you in this lifetime and it's not serving you on the journey that you need to be on your most in tune aligned path, it's time to let go of it now. So we're going to blast that energy in your solar plexus that is no longer serving you. Release, release, release. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it lift, let it lift, let it lift. Release it to the universe. It's transmuted. You are free. And now take a big breath in and out. And see if you can feel any difference. It's okay if not, we can't always feel energetic work on a physical level. But now as you move forward from this moment, I really want you to start being in your power always tuning into that central point. What would I do as the most empowered version of myself? If I was being totally honest in my full power right now, doing what I'm really capable of doing, what decision would I make? What would I say? What would I do next? And to close this session, we're just going to allow some of that beautiful, purifying energy to just wash over your whole body. We're going to give heartfelt gratitude to Mother Earth and Father Sky for their support today, for this healing today, for this clearing today. We're going to give love and gratitude to our spiritual support team for always guiding us, always being with us, helping us through many lifetimes, supporting us with our healing journey. And my wish for you is that you always live in tune, that you trust your intuition, you have reverence for your power, and that you know your sacred nature always, because your life is your own. It's yours for living, and you can make it whatever you want it to be. Thank you. Oh, what a delightful voyage. I felt that so powerfully. Thank you for guiding it. I feel your pure container and vessel for the work that you share and the energies that you guide. And yeah, I'm trying to remember there was a lot. Gosh, there was a lot that came in. I already am foggy on some of the first pieces. <laughs> that <was>, happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, what was that big first thing that I was like, make sure you remember this. It's like already gone. But um, yeah, that was greatly of service for me. So hopefully for the soul fam sitting with us today, it was of service for you and in some way as well. And remember everyone, um, you know, you can come back to these closing ceremony practices at any time. So just make notes somewhere that in Liz's episode, the 
reclaiming your power through the solar plexus journey like was one that resonated and you know that if you do it weekly it will be a game changer you know come back like every morning or whenever you feel called and just go directly to the closing ceremony if you'd like so thank you so much liz if you could please let everyone know how to best locate you and your offerings again the book living in tune 21 questions to activate your intuition and find your life purpose even though Liz is abroad and in the UK somewhere and traveling a lot, you can get this book over here in the US, anywhere books are sold, Amazon. So yeah, highly recommend. It's beautiful and powerful. Thank you so much. Yes, please let me know if anything came up for you. When we do this type of work, I think we often go away and are like, oh yeah, that's really powerful, but it's so fulfilling to actually know And when people send you those messages because otherwise you're like, is, is this reaching anyone? So please do let me know. I would love that. I'm mainly on Instagram at I am Liz Roberta. Same on Facebook. My website is lizroberta.com. I'm actually starting a vlog today as we're recording this. I've just bought a camera. So I'm going to add some stuff to YouTube because I was getting all this information coming through and I wanted to talk about stuff but I was like it's too long for stories and then I realized that was where I was being led so I will be on YouTube soon as well how exciting well cheers to your expansion and your beautiful book baby that you have born into the world and just all the new places that you're allowing your life to take you and as always soul fam thank you for weaving and co-creating with us as we sit together in ceremony circle it's definitely a co-creative voyage that we all take together and we are in tune with you and here's to you yeah, just allowing if it resonates and if you're ready to let it enter in, just hearing that ancient power and wisdom of your heart and your soul and your intuition and trusting yourself to let it be the, the biggest guiding force in your pathway forward. So we will sit with you all again next time. Woo! What a beautiful, powerful voyage that was. It truly brings me so much joy and activates and lights me up to be able to sit with these incredible teachers, leaders, and masters from all over the world. So to learn more about them, just head to my website where all of the show notes and their details are listed. That's alisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N, C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle Podcast so unique is that at the end of every single episode, you're able to immerse in a potent guided ritual practice or ceremony for your empowerment. So please feel free to make note of the practices that you really resonate with the ones that really light up your soul and come back to those episodes anytime, any day. You can use them as your daily practices. And I recommend starting your day with one of them at your altar space. Ah, it's been an honor voyaging with you today and I would so truly appreciate if you'd open your heart to take a quick few seconds to drop a review on Apple sharing what you love most or appreciate most about Ceremony Circle Podcast. Receiving those reviews is so helpful and allows us to continue to share this valuable content. And don't forget, if you haven't already gotten your copy of my new best-selling book, Animal Power, you can do so anywhere books are sold, or I most recommend going to my website, 
Again, that's allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. Because when you purchase for you and your friends there, you get a free video guided shamanic journey to meet your current power animal that I facilitate. Animal Power Book is a modern day compendium featuring 100 different power animals, what each animal represents, their wisdom messages for you, guided practices, and stories from all over the world. I personally put the book up to my heart each morning at my altar, and I ask which animal most wants to work with me that day. And then I simply close my eyes and flip the book open to the page I'm guided. And let me tell you, I have been deeply moved to tears on many occasions, and I can't wait for you to experience it as well. I worked on this book for many, many years, and it's now my greatest honor to have it available for you. So anytime animals reveal themselves for you, you can just head to Animal Power Book and see what that animal is trying to get your attention for. All right, Soul Fam, let's unite again in our next episode coming out next week so we can sit together and continue to activate greater consciousness energies for everyone. Much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.